Blog Talk Radio. All his pony talk is going to be put on blast October 6th. Do you have a round in mind? As long as it takes. I believe one. He's a glass jaw. And I've seen this man wobble many times. I've seen his brother sparked unconscious in another promotion. I know he is afraid of a smack. And if you're afraid of a smack off me, a smack will feel like a double barrel shotgun. So, I believed inside the force. Ma, 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 ma. everyone you know what time it is it's time for the majority decisions coming to you live from the great state of texas i am your host Greg, the truth and my co-host for the night is the black belt mr Fayaz. after two long years off just like conor mcgregor we are back for the biggest <laughs> fight in ufc history Fayaz, what is up how hyped are you for this fight Man, I am super hyped for this fight, man. The card's going to be – the whole card is awesome, top to bottom. Everybody made weight. Khabib made weight. This It's going to happen. This fight's going down. Yeah, Khabib made weight. The biggest fight has already been overcome, right? Um, as a matter of fact, like you said, it's probably one of the first cards in a while where the top of the card didn't get affected by weight cutting. Before we get into – all of uh, UFC 229, of course, McGregor versus Khabib. Um, a lot of talk, I don't know if you've been keeping up with a lot of the rumors and rumblings and all that, but they've been talking about adding uh, more weight classes. In fact, Nate Diaz came in and announced on Twitter that he and um, uh, Poirier were going to fight for the 165-pound title at UFC 230. Of course, Dana White came back and said, no, that's not happening. Is there advantages to adding weight classes? Man, you know what? I think so, man. I think it's time. You know, why not go every 10 pounds or so? Because I don't know. If you look at the guys like uh, Cowboy Cerrone, man, who get stuck in that in-between, right? They're a little too small for 170 because some of those guys are, you know, cutting from way, way up there. And, uh, you know, as they age, you know, as they, their bodies mature, they can't make the 55 anymore. It's just too hard of a weight cut for them. So, you know, there's guys like that that would probably fare well if they uh, fight at 165. I think, it's, I think it's a good move. I think it's something they should do. I think you'll see a lot more, uh, a lot more fights at 165 pounds, you know, that you don't really get to see at 55 or 70 just because, you know, you got a lot of guys kind of floating back and forth because they can't, you know, they can't really survive in either weight class. Yeah, it's definitely something interesting, and it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out if they do add the weight classes. I know they've been talking about it for a long time because there are some big gaps in there. The 185 to 205 is a big gap, uh, 170 definitely. to uh, 85. I, uh, so, you know, we'll, we'll see. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I don't want there to be too many champions. I don't want there to be too many um, divisions because I, I, I get worried about dilution of the talent. Right now, one of the UFC's biggest problems is they lack superstar power outside of a John Jones, Conor McGregor, um, 
really there's no superstars anymore. Whereas a few years ago, yeah. they had a good handful of guys that were drawing powers. And I think when you start diluting these weight classes that maybe just maybe it could hurt them. Um, but, you know, who knows? Yeah, but, you know, you got – you look at it on this end, though. You got, you got the 155-pound division, and there's so many guys in that division, right? So many guys. And a lot of those guys – a lot of those guys, you never really get to see fight for a title because they can't even get the fights to get top 10, top 12, whatever it may be to get, you know, start moving themselves up. It takes them so long. You know, you could take a lot of those guys, and you've already got a division. So, uh, you know, I, I think it's not a bad thing for the in-between guys who end up having to cut a lot of weight and, you know, take a really unhealthy approach to it. Moving on to um, UFC 229. Um, if you want to give us a call and you're listening live, you can give us a call at 646-787-1565. We'd love to hear for you. Of course, um, this is our first show back in quite some time, so if you are listening, we'd love to hear from you. But So it's the biggest fight in UFC history. Unfortunately, we don't have Mike Goldberg to tell us that every 30 minutes during the broadcast and leading up to the fight. Um, but let's just talk about this fight right now. It's a fight that a lot of people thought we might not ever see. Um, there were questions that maybe we might not ever see Conor McGregor again in the UFC. But here we are. It's, it, it's going to happen. They both made weight. They're both healthy, injury-free, problem-free. Um, what are some of the key things that you think are going to need to play out for either guy in the fight tomorrow? Man, Conor has uh, hopefully Connor's been working on some wrestling. Yeah, you know, even if he can prevent that takedown, Khabib's one of those guys that keeps coming and keeps coming and keeps coming. Um, he's not, he's probably not going to get in there and try to stand with Connor. I think he'll come out there, try to stand a little bit. Um, Connor probably pieces him up a little bit and then Khabib's going to want to take him down and just maul him for four or five rounds. You know, I saw him do it to Barbosa, who's a phenomenal striker. I mean, he beat that man relentlessly, you know, for three to five rounds. I mean, just nonstop. But then when he fought Al Iaquinta, he didn't look that good. So it just depends on uh, which Khabib we're going to get. But I think Khabib's, Khabib's best chance is to, uh, you know, get it to the mat. And obviously Connor's best chance is, you know, to somehow keep Khabib from taking him down. Man, you know that that I think that's a good point. I but here's here's where I'm at on that. I I don't see. I don't. Conor McGregor's going to the ground. It, it doesn't. It, irregardless, I, I don't care if he spent the past two years training wrestling eight hours a day every day. Yeah, we know he didn't. That's ridiculous. He's right. gone. He's going right. to the ground. For me, what I think the key is going to be is once he gets to the ground, can he get back can up? Can he get up? And can he do it right. quickly? because he's going to have to get up in, in order to, to be in this fight. Because if he spins the fight on his back, I, I don't even see it going five rounds. I mean, we've seen Conor McGregor in trouble in, in past fights, in the Diaz fight, and even in the, even some of the Chad Mendes fight. Things don't go well for him when he's on his back. He's going to have to get right. up to be in this fight. Yeah. I mean, I I agree with you. He's He's got to find a way up. I mean – the second fight with Nate Diaz, if uh, if anybody remembers that fight, it was a good fight. 
only because, and he even went down in that fight, but he was able to get back up. And, you know, he, he worked on that a lot in that fight because of what happened the first time around. I don't think with everything that's gone on outside of the, uh, of the promotion in regards to this fight, he's going to want to, he's going to want to, you know, take a loss and, you know, let's, let's run it back again a second time with Khabib Namagamedov. I don't think he's going to want to do that. So Khabib's going to be looking to make a name off of him. And you're right. Connor's going to the ground. Is he going to be able to? Is he going to be able to pop right back up and, you know, be effective? That's really what it's going to come down to. Is his cardio going to hold up? Because we all know Connor starts to get tired when the rounds start to get a little longer. Yeah, definitely his cardio. I think is going to be a be a question. Um, I, I wonder how Khabib is going to handle the the southpaw stance of. McGregor. Um, if you remember back to the Michael Johnson fight, Michael Johnson, uh, left-handed fighter, yeah. kind of got in there and was able to, to touch Khabib a few times and, and kind of touch him up and maybe even arguably wobble him a couple of times. I mean, we know Connor, Connor does not wobble people. He puts people down. No. And, right. and that, that straight line left should, in theory, on paper, it should be there for him against the orthodox stance of Khabib, right? I would, I would assume so, man. Um, The thing is, you you know, it's like you said, Michael Johnson, even Ally and Kinda touched him a little bit, but uh, those guys don't have that. Those guys don't have the touch, right? They don't have something like you said, he doesn't just wobble people. He puts them on the ground. So if he hits Khabib like that, is Khabib going to go down? And when he goes down, is he just going to snatch a leg, you know, ride it up and put Connor on his back? That's, uh, that's, that's kind of what I'm waiting to see. I'm waiting to see how long it is before Khabib actually shoots and just starts to try to impose his wrestling will in the fight. Yeah, that's a great point. As a matter of fact, I, you know, if I'm, if I'm Khabib, I mean, I don't, I, I, if I'm telling him, look, you don't have anything to prove striking-wise, why why right. go out and even try to strike with him? Go in there, right. feign a punch, and shoot for a leg, and take this fight immediately to the ground, because especially early, the, the least he can stand with McGregor, the better, because it's more likely, in my opinion, that McGregor can catch him early and get him out of there like we've seen him do other guys. Um, so I think, man, I think Khabib's got to get him to the ground and got to get him to the ground quick. Right, right. And if for some reason it goes to a five-round close decision, there's a good chance they may give it to Connor just because he's Connor and we're in Vegas. We're not in Russia. So Khabib's got to make a stamp on it. So he's got to he's got to his game plan has got to be has to be taken to the ground. I just it's it's like you said with Connor. There's no way Connor just learned to run well Khabib 26 and 0. We all know what got him to the show. It was his sambo and it was his wrestling. It's got nothing to do with his ability to knock people out. So I know in the last two years, it doesn't matter how much striking he's been doing, it's not going to be on that level. 
You know, that, that that's another good point, too. You know, I, as much as I, I was talking about how good Norm Medoff and the gap between Khabib and Connor are in the wrestling, that gap might be just the same when it comes to striking. And Definitely. I think I think this this is almost like an old school classic MMA fight if you think about it. It's uh, striker versus grappler. You know now nowadays we have so many people that can do everything, but this is primarily right. I mean these two guys can do everything, but they're primarily striker versus grappler. So it's it's really going to be who can uh, who can impose their will first. And Connor's long. If he can keep that range, keep Khabib on the outside there, and not let Khabib get in tight, um, I think he can piece him up. He can pick him apart, frustrate him, you know, catch him with a few of those body shots, and you know, at least put him down like he did Chad Mendes. You know, a lot of what is successful for our strikers is you know their ability to close the distance quickly. Um, obviously counter-striking. One of the things that I, I'm interested to see how it plays out, you know, Connor doesn't really – he cuts the cage off, but he doesn't necessarily move forward. Like you said, he fights right. long, he counter-strikes, he uses his kicks, waits for the left hand. And I think that plays a little bit in Connor's favor because certainly Khabib's going to – would prefer a guy coming forward so he can get in and shoot in for a, for a much cleaner takedown. Absolutely, absolutely, and you know you just you just brought something to light there. What does Khabib do a lot of the time when he's fighting? He's coming forward, coming forward, coming mm-hmm. forward all the time. That might be you know he might be the perfect thing for a guy who's got precision, precision counter striking. That might be the perfect game plan right there. We've seen Connors, man. This guy does. When you, when you talk about precision. He's got it without question. And right. the only other guy that I can think of really to compare the precision to is Anderson Silva. Do you, what kind of comparison do you see there? Is, is it, is it not close? Is, is he in the ballpark in the neighborhood? What do you think about that? Man, that's a, that's a great, that's a great comparison. You know, obviously we can't make that comparison in title defenses, but as far as counter striking and accuracy in the striking, yeah, I mean that's that's a great that's a great comparison. I think that you know because they're both you look at them both, they're both long, right? They're both they both use the cage well and uh, they can both keep their opponents at bay, you know, and and pick them apart slowly. That's uh, that's that's the perfect comparison if you had to look at it. Now Anderson was a little more dynamic and uh, mm-hmm. he defended his titles, which kind of sets him apart there a little bit more, I think. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, definitely when you start talking about the the, the defenses and those types of things, yeah, without question. Um, but, you know, just I was just thinking in terms of the style of, uh, of countering. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. The countering, the countering style, the countering style, sir. That's that's what he does. And then once he catches you, then he starts moving forward a little bit because now he feels like, okay, I can put you away. Yeah, yeah, I th- I, and I think we saw that. We, we we definitely saw that over the years. 
with with Silva, and we've seen that with Connor. Uh, I think a good example of that would have been the, the Alvarez fight, where clearly, you know, that that fight still gets me because the yeah. Eddie Alvarez that was in that fight is not the guy that we've seen time in and time again. I, I don't I don't know what it oh. was, if he was just blown Since away that, by the power, or what. Yeah. Yeah, no, and since then, you know, you've, uh, I always think back to that fight, right, and I didn't even, when when he was going to fight Eddie Alvarez, I thought, man, it's Eddie Alvarez. I was like, this dude has been all over. I mean, this dude's just just a freaking warrior, right, can do everything. And the way Connors picked him apart like he did and put him away, I couldn't believe it, man. And then, you know, and it wasn't – and then I thought, well, maybe Eddie's getting old. But then every fight Eddie's had since that has been just an absolute technical knockout war. And, you know, so you can't – so I can't even really say, well, maybe Eddie doesn't have it anymore because he does. But he just didn't have it when he fought Connor, And that was – it was a night – it was night and day difference. And I still couldn't believe that one. It was uh, – it was still a shock to me. One other thing, back to Anderson Silver real quick. So an- another rumor, not to spread the rumors, but <laughs> Anderson said, Silver said he would consider 170. Or, or oh could, he, could they meet at 170? And fight. What is what does Anderson Silva have left? The guy's arguably going to have a tarnished legacy because of the failed drug test, irregardless of whether or not it was on purpose or not. People are always yeah. going to go to that. So at this point right. in Anderson Silva's career, and I know this is kind of taking a detour to what our main topic is, but I think it's an interesting thing, thing to to discuss is is that's what's left for Anderson Silva just any fight that he can make the most money with at this point? Oh, man. I don't, I don't know, man. I, 170, Anderson Silva? No. He's going to have to chop off a leg. I just don't see it. How does that guy get to 170 pounds? I just I don't see it. I mean, he's got to walk around at 205, 215, right? You know, yeah. I, I think Anderson Silva's next fight has got, you know, he's got to, I don't know, man, he's got to fight light heavy or, you know, somewhere between 85 and 200. Like, there's got to be a super fight out there for him. Maybe you finally just throw him and GSP in the ring and we make that one happen, right? We were looking for that one forever until Anderson, you know, got knocked out by Chris Weidman. Um, maybe Maybe we make that fight, but you know, I, I just couldn't see Anderson Silva getting to 170. I don't see it. Another interesting fight that's on the card before we get to our predictions, we'll, we'll close it out with the predictions. Um, For sure. Tony Ferguson and Anthony Pettis. This, oh, is, this yeah. is a fight that is super exciting to me because both of these guys oh, are yeah. exciting fighters when they're on. Man, this, oh, is, yeah. this is the main event on any other card. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, man. That could have been a, that could have main evented any card. That man, say what you want about Tony Ferguson, man. That guy 
That guy's awesome, and he's unorthodox, and the way he wins fights and everything he can do in any position at any point, I mean, the guy's just dangerous. You know, we know, of course, we know Pettis, former champ, former WEC champ. You know, I still, I, I still remember the day he jumped off the cage and kicked Ben Henderson in the face to win that title. So it was, uh, God, man, this is a fight that's a long time in the making, man. But, but you know, man, I just, I got to go with Ferguson on this one, man. That guy is just relentlessly hungry is the only way I can put it. Not to say Pettis isn't, but Ferguson's just, I don't know, man. He's, I think, I think he's got the edge in that one. Did you think that they pulled the trigger too quick on stripping him of that interim title? Yeah, man. You know, um, I think the problem was is that with Ferguson and Khabib, they tried to make that fight three times, right? And on, and on every occasion, something went wrong to where they couldn't make that fight. So was it wrong to take his interim title away? I kind of think so, man. But they didn't want to make him wait, so it gave him the opportunity to make some money. You know, Khabib wanted the payday, so he took he took Connor, right? Now, whoever wins, man, if Ferguson wins, he should get the winner of that fight. I, I mean, I just think he should get the winner. There shouldn't be anybody else in line for for that title except Tony Ferguson no matter who wins, if Ferguson wins. Yeah, if if he wins, I think that'll be like 11 in a row or something ridiculous. And he's not, you know, he, he hasn't beaten just a bunch of, uh, you know, second half top 10, top 15 guys. I mean, he's got wins over Barbosa, Josh Thompson, uh, Rafael yeah. Dos Anjos, you know. So, I mean, this guy yeah. is not, you know, Kevin he Lee hasn't walked fight. through. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, so he, I mean, he definitely deserves the big fight with Conor McGregor if yeah, Conor wins. Yes. Well, yeah. Or could be. Whoever wins. Whoever wins. I mean, they built so much hype around Ferguson and, and Khabib, right? I mean, whoever wins, right? Whoever you put Ferguson with in there, it's it's a good fight. You can't, man. Anytime you got Tony Ferguson fighting, I don't know why the UFC don't see this and build that guy and, and hype around that guy, man. Anytime you put him in the cage, in the ring, whatever he does, man, that guy is just that guy's that guy's fireworks, man. He's showtime. He can do, you know, just about everything you could possibly do to another human being in that cage. And uh he he's like to me, he's almost like a He's got that same, I'm going to kill you like a Diaz brother, mm-hmm. but he's got more arsenal in the back. That makes any sense. Yeah. He's, he's just, he's got more, right? He's got that same mentality, but he's just got more to get you with. And that, I don't, that's why I just, I don't understand why they don't hide that guy. So here's what I think about Anthony Pettis' situation. I think, I think in order for him to be in title talk after it, with a win over Ferguson, it has to be impressive. I think it has to be a yeah. stoppage, and I think it has to be very impressive. When I take a look at 
Anthony Pettis. I knew he had a tough, tough stretch, but he's he's three and four in his last seven. So he's struggled. Right. He's coming off a win over Michael yes. Chiesa. The only way, in my opinion, if he that he can that we can talk title shot for Anthony Pettis is if he just mows Tony Ferguson tomorrow. And I, I just I I I think it'd be cool if he did, but I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, I just, I don't see I don't see a decision getting Pettis a title fight. You know, as much as I'd like to see that guy get another title fight and get another crack at it, I don't see it. I don't see a decision getting there for him, man. But you know, unless he just decisively beats him up for five rounds, or like you said, gets a stoppage. But uh, I think uh, I just have a feeling it's not going to go Pettis' way tomorrow night. I'm going to – I got to ride with Ferguson on this one. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you on that. I think Ferguson's going to going to get that win. Um, you know, the, the, this, is a, this is a stacked card. You got Derek Lewis fighting Alexander Volkov. Ovin St. Cruz on oh, the yeah. card, Michelle Watterson and Felice Herrig. Um, you know, I don't know. That, that's an interesting fight. I, I don't necessarily know that it warranted a main card slot. I, I kind of get it because Michelle Watterson is Michelle Watterson. She's pretty popular. Felice Herrig is super popular too, but not Absolutely. that great of a fighter in my opinion. I think Michelle yeah. Watterson probably gets this win pretty easily. Yeah, I think uh, Michelle Watson's a little more technical <clears throat> on the stand-up, so I think it gets her. I think uh, Watterson's, um weakness in the past, like, uh, you know, when she fought Rose and the Eunice, you know, it's been jiu-jitsu. It's, uh, that's been her weakness. And uh, hopefully she's been working on that. Herod's got pretty good jiu-jitsu, but if it comes down to the stand-up, I think uh, I think Watterson takes it. Derek Lewis, Alexander Volkov. Um, I think Derek Lewis definitely has the power to end that fight early. I think if it goes long, it's definitely going to favor Volkov. Yeah, I'd have to agree with you on that. Now, Derek Lewis has lost a little bit of weight. Um, thinking what in his last fight he fought, uh, what's his name, the big guy. Who, who fought Stipe and lost. They hyped him up. And I think between those two, they threw the least Ngannou. amount of punches ever thrown in a fight. In Ghana, that's that right. In, that, that fight was terrible. That was the worst fight was, I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. And I've and seen it, a and lot of YouTube they, they videos. They set a record. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen a lot of world star hip-hop. That one was pretty bad. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that one was pretty bad. So I think Derek Lewis is going to be – he's going to come out wanting to throw fireworks. But, uh, you know, Volkov weathers the storm. You know, let's see, man. Let's see what happens. You know, maybe maybe he finishes Derek Lewis. Volkov's pretty – you can't write that guy off, man. He's, uh, he's tough for sure. All right, well, let's get it. Let's get to it, man. Predictions on the big one. Who walks out with the 155-pound belt tomorrow night? Man, I'm taking McGregor. I'm going. <laughs> I'm going with Connor because we all came back after two years. I'm going with Connor. <laughs> I, I, 
I'm really torn. I, I think I think the only way Conor McGregor can win is if he ends it in the first eight minutes of the fight. If he doesn't end it in the first eight minutes of the fight, I think it's going to be a long, tough night for him. And uh, yeah. So I, you know what? I think I'm going to go with Khabib, and I'm going to I'm going to say that he's going to get him out of there uh, by the fourth round. Oh wow! You're calling it, huh? All right, I'm going to say uh, Connor in two. Do you know Connor in two. how how much that arena is going to explode if he knocks him out in the first round? If if, if oh, Connor God. knocks him out in the first round, it's going to be ridiculous. <laughs> it's going to be crazy. It's going to be ridiculous. There's going to be there's going to be Irish people trashing bars all over Las Vegas. It's going to be crazy. Proper Absolutely 12. amazing. Uh, yeah, all yeah. over the place. Bottles thrown in the oh. ring. That's not that's dangerous. <laughs> I can't wait. I can't wait. Well, t- tomorrow night's the big show, UFC 229, McGregor and Khabib. Don't forget to check it out. We'll be back here Sunday night to talk about all the results. Um, don't forget to hit us up on Twitter, at MajorityMMA, and uh, check us out right back here on Blog Talk Radio Sunday night for the majority decision. Thanks for listening. We're done. We'll see ya.